What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Glad you're joining us this morning. If this is your first time listening, first and foremost, I'm Ted Fayton. We appreciate your time. This is a podcast that I've tried to explain in a lot of different ways, but to sum it up, life is hard, but the juice is certainly worth the squeeze. Joining me today, I have two special guests uh, talking about online advertising, living your best life, all the good stuff. Michael and Sydney, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Awesome, awesome, man. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, well, thank you for being on uh, this afternoon. Anybody that might be listening, it might be morning, nighttime. I always say the time of day, and I don't realize it's a podcast, so folks can listen at any time. But for anybody that's listening, why don't you guys introduce yourselves, uh, tell us what you do, and kind of how you got here. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. All right, well, I'm Sydney. Um, Well, We just actually moved here from Dallas, Texas in December, and um, I actually met Michael in in Dallas as well. And then we actually started our own company for social media marketing. So, yeah, so I'm originally from here, from Spartanburg. Um, yeah, I went to Dallas to be a personal trainer, and that failed tremendously. Um, and, yeah, and then I stumbled upon social media marketing for local businesses, brick-and-mortar businesses, uh, starting to take on e-com businesses. Um, and then other than that, I'm, you know, that's why I'm here. All right. So what made you guys take the move from, from Dallas to, to Greenville, South Carolina? So <laughs> Dallas, Texas is becoming more of a, uh, a Cali, right? So it's very oversaturated. Um, there is a lot of opportunity out there, but my family was back here and I met up with her and I brought her back here. Um, yeah, and the cost of living is a lot more uh, cheaper. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, Sydney, was that a hard sell? Uh, it, it really wasn't. Like, So before we actually made the move, we came here in October to visit his mom for her birthday. And then it was really hard for us to go back home because like, it was hard on him. He hadn't seen his mom in a couple of years. And I've actually lived in North Carolina before, and I loved it. Uh, being a city girl, I loved camping, and that's how I grew up. So I was like, I wouldn't actually mind moving to South Carolina. I love my family, but at the same time, I wasn't planning on living in Texas the rest of my life anyway, so I was okay with moving here with him. Now, did you have the business established before you moved here, or was it kind of like, we're going to move to Greenville, South Carolina, and and start from scratch? So we kind of had the business established. So we started off as freelancers, and we were working a nine-to-five at the time, and a lot of our time, energy, and focus was to the nine to five. And because we had security, we barely uh, took the business serious. I think to be exact, uh, November 30, I think 30, 31st, 30th. December 1st was when we decided to take massive action. So to answer that question, uh, no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was doing, he was working at a Pokebot place, which is kind of like uh, sushi deconstructed in a bowl, kind of like Chipotle. Um, and I was working at a coffee shop, getting like almost close to nothing, right? Um, and, you know, he actually came up with the idea of starting our own business. And to be honest, I wasn't like 100% on to it as well, because I was kind of like skeptical. Like, I was like, I don't know, you know, and at the same time, I was like, I want to believe in this as much as he, he does, because... Whenever Michael believes in something, it's like a whole different thing. Like, 
it's like he lights up the room and you're just like, oh, okay, so I need to hop on that because I need to be where he's at. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of where it was. I was just supporting him. And then along the way, I just got caught on as well. Yeah. That energy just kind of got infectious, mm-hmm. didn't it? Yeah. Talk about that moment you decided to, I guess, uh, I like to say the term burn the boats, right? Kind of mm-hmm. go 100% into the business, cut off ties from the comfortable nine to five, the comfortable paycheck. Oh, as you man. mentioned, you know, it, it's comfort. So because of that comfort, you didn't really put 100% in it because you had something to fall back on. Right. What was it like making the decision to cut those ties? And when did you kind of realize like, oh, snap, there's no parachute. We need to learn how to fly. Exactly. Um, I love that question. So we'll go ahead and rewind back to, I want to say, 2017. That was my or one of my epiphany moments. So like I said, I went to Dallas, but I went from, uh, if you're looking at the map, South Carolina, all the way up to Iowa to pick up my English Bulldog that I haven't been seen over a year at the time. And then from there, I went to, to Dallas to be that personal trainer. But anyways, um, I think it was in April or May of 2017, I, uh, I was getting ready to be homeless. So I sold my English Bulldog wow. and ended up being homeless. Uh, I was working uh, two jobs personal trainer first thing in the morning at four um, and then slinging supplements at GNC nine to five and then my uh, I guess five to sometimes midnight would be personal training again and then I would go train for myself and whoever was around me which was her and some other friends for uh, I think an hour to two hours then I would shower and then try to sleep but it was Texas summer so it was uh, too hot. I was getting spider bites, mosquitoes, because I was leaving my uh, my windows down. But anyways, long story short, that went on for about 90-something days. Wow. 90-something days, and I documented a lot of it, but it felt like an eternity. So fast forward, um, and then she'll tell you her, her side. Then fast forward, uh, got a job at one poke restaurant, and then... Um, See, I I was very loyal to the guy. I drove two hours to him, two hours uh, back and forth. And then on some days I would not go home. I I, I would actually sleep at uh, another job, which was uh, at, at a gym, go to gym. And then pretty much, but we'll fast forward all the way to to why, right? So there were so many times where you know uh, that nine to five got in the way of living, right? There were times where when I was at that two-hour-away job, she was um, she was pregnant, and, you know, she would contact me and say, what, I'm hearing gunshots below me. And it's like, I can't be there because, wow. you know, uh, I'm at this nine-to-five. So one of my many whys is I don't want to have to go through that again, like there, there's so much more, but I'll let her tell her side. But yeah, that that's my why. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, I guess back to where he started uh, at the gym. That's actually where we met. We uh, met at the LA Fitness Gym by where I grew up. And so, yeah, I met him. And then I think like a couple of weeks later, he told me he went homeless. And that kind of like took me like took me off guard just because like, so I grew up in a very pot, like really poor neighborhood, right? Where I'm talking about like, at night, you see people just roaming around trying to look for a place to, like, 
either sleep or get the next, you know, fix just to get through the night. Yeah. Right. And, um, it kind of like hit me because I didn't grow up with a lot, but at the same time I couldn't like know somebody who was struggling and then not do anything for them. Sure. Right. At the time I was living with my mom because I was helping her pay for rent and stuff. And I was just kind of been, I was being that pillar for her. But at the same time, I eventually wanted to get my own place and it was kind of like, oh, I'll get my own place eventually. But as soon as I saw him like go through all of that, like, you know, he was having like he didn't sleep for one. Um, he was sleeping in his car. It was hot in Texas. You know, Texas, it's got some dry heat. Yeah. Right. And, you know, at the time I was the assistant general manager at the gym and this was against the rules. But, you know, I was like, hey, here's the code to the gym. Here's the key because I had a key. And I'm like, hey, if you need to go shower, go do that. Just because at the end of the day, I was like, look, if my job is on the line, it's fine. I can get another one. But I still have a home to go to. I still have food to eat. You know, in the beginning, he was actually really prideful. So, like, he didn't let me help him at all. Like, he was like, if you want it done, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. Right. And so getting him to, like, it was kind of like I just kept knocking on his door. And I was like, hey, let me help. Let me help. Let me help. And it wasn't until, uh, I think, like, maybe a month and a half into it where I was like, hey, come stay at my place with my mom. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, yeah, yeah, like, let him stay. I don't care. You know, um, and... Like, I would buy him food from time to time just because I, I know what that was like. Like, so in my childhood, we actually went homeless as well. And it sucked because I was seven years old and I couldn't help. Yeah. And that's just my mom. She's a single mom and her two kids. So seeing that now where I had a job and I could help somebody, even if it's a little bit, that was something that I wanted to do for him. And just because, like, when I first met him, he was, like, very vibrant and, like, very energized. And he, like, quickly started to dull out, like the light in his eyes literally started to like fade yeah and that hurt me and it was just like this is my best friend like i just started to get to know him a lot more we would like vent about work and about life work out and then eventually i got my own place and i was like hey come live with me like i don't care if you want to if you want to pay rent or whatever you're not paying rent you're going to come into this home whether you like it or not and you're going to live here because at the end of the day you're going to be better off this way that's amazing and I could just tell how far you, you both have come together and love the story. And I do want to point out the fact of the matter is when, how you mentioned it's not a lack of work ethic at all because the work ethic is there and you having the, the opportunity to help any way you can saying, even if my job's on the line, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. And, and Mike to kind of go from working one job to train till midnight when you have to train again at 4:30 in the morning, yeah. but still having the priority to take care of yourself. And do all that. Oh, my God. Not even that. So he would actually, he wanted to bodybuild. Like, he wanted to, like, <laughs> compete. So he would actually, like, go to the gym maybe twice a day. And, like, he would diet. He would diet and be homeless. Like, yeah, was that was crazy. Wow. Like, for me, that was crazy. It was inspiring. <laughs> and that's why I pushed myself even harder to pursue, you know, getting a promotion, getting paid more. I hustled at work to get this place for us to live in. Just, just because I saw how hard he was working to just survive. Yeah. Right. And so at the end of the day, that kind of shed some light as well on most of the time when you have a nine to five job that you don't like and you feel like it's not providing for your future, you're kind of just paying for your bills. Yeah. Like you're, you're literally just working and slaving away just to pay enough for you to survive. So at what point do you, do you see all that potential within you? Right. Because working all those hours and, and being able to do so much, but still being restricted by a nine to five job and, you know, quite frankly, 
all the potential that's within you isn't being fully tapped into and the water that's coming out, like you said, is just barely keeping you afloat. At what point do you decide to take off the buffer of that nine to five and open up the floodgates of your potential and say, let's go? For me, that was, um, like he mentioned earlier, I was pregnant before. And unfortunately, because the nine to five kind of let us both down twice, twice, like so I was pregnant twice and each time the nine to five job actually let us down. And it was like either he couldn't get there because our car broke down or uh, I didn't have money to go to the medical, like to to the hospital or to the doctors. Um, And like me being uh, I'm 24 years old. So me being as young as I am, it's very uh I mean, you don't know what to do your first pregnancy. Scary. Like I was like, oh, what do I do? Can I eat this? Can I not eat this? And um, it's really weird. Like my my family and I were kind of we're close, but we're kind of like shy about everything. So like me being like, hey mom, so I think I'm pregnant, and uh, can you help me? Like it was really hard for me to actually say that to her because I didn't want there to be any kind of stigma. And at the same time, I was like, but what if I can't keep it, or what if something happens, right? And the reason I say that is because at 19, I was actually hospitalized. When I was going to school in North Carolina, I wow. made it back to the summer to Texas and I had a blood hemorrhage basically. And they were like, Hey, there's a possibility you probably can't have kids. Wow. Right? Um, they were like, you have cystic ovaries. And so when I first got pregnant, I was like, should I tell Michael? And it took me maybe like two weeks for me to tell him. And I like had that in my head, like, Hey, I'm, I'm pregnant, but I just want to make sure it's going to be okay. So I told him and then I didn't want to, like I had already mentally told myself I'm not going to get pregnant so that way I can't get my heart crushed mm-hmm. if that ever happened. And he got so excited and I was like, whoa, this isn't what I expected, especially because right now the norm is like, you know, especially where we grew up, like where I grew up, it's like, oh, that's not mine. Right. Yeah. So like I was like, I, I don't know how to explain this to anybody. And so he was so excited and it made me excited. So whenever I ended up losing it, it sucked so bad because we were in such a hard position like he the the car wasn't working uh two, i had two cars so i had yeah i, I invested 3200 into a car that the day after i bought it it went to to complete just it was hell it yeah. was hell um so that broke down then my other car broke down and she told me we had under four hundred dollars accumulated um, our heater wasn't working. Yeah, so it was really all that. Well, well, it just it just it was just went to shit. It was so. just, yeah, it was it was just really bizarre, right? And so like he would what he would like walk to work to when he got his first when when he got the next job after that. But losing that actually it kind of like it crushed me for a little bit because it was four days before Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. and. Like, he didn't know what to do because I was like, I shut down completely because I was like, I don't know how to deal with this. I've never dealt with that before. Yeah. And it made me feel like I failed myself as a woman because I was like, I don't know how to handle this. Like, you're you're so excited, right? And he was excited. So that made me like really, really want that to happen. So when, it, when I lost it, I remember it was like at midnight and I woke up and I told him, hey, like, I think I think I lost it. And he was like, no, no, because he was so sleepy. He was like, no, you yeah. didn't. You're crazy. Like, just go back to sleep. And I was, like, just cried the entire night. And the next morning, like, he tried to help me, like, get up and, like, kind of make me optimistic about the day. And I just couldn't get there. And it, like, that was 
I think that was my moment when I was like, hey, there's something that has to change because had I actually been pregnant and had I actually had this kid, you know, along the way, what would I do? Like, yeah. uh, we didn't have a car. Like, our jobs are failing us. So what, what would I do? Like, how could I get into protective mom mode, right? And make sure that at the end of the day, I'm healthy enough so that I could have this baby, right? And so, then whenever, sorry, <laughs> whenever uh, we came back and in October and seeing his mom cry as we were leaving, I was like, yeah, like something's got to change. I don't want to work at a coffee shop anymore. I don't want him to work more than 12 hours a day, you know, and then like him completely hate his life, mm-hmm. right? I, wanna, I wanted to have some kind of financial freedom and freedom in general so that if we ever do have a family, like it's, we're not struggling. Yeah. Right, so. And it sounded like, it was going from a position when Michael, when you were homeless and, and Sydney was able to take care of you. And then in, in this tragic moment, you know, Michael was there to trying to help you up and, and bring the positivity in. Michael, was that kind of like a transition for you in terms of like wanting to, to do more and, and kind of, you mentioned the, the why, right? And having the job fail you multiple times and wanting more out of, out of everything that's been happening. Is there, was there a switch? Was there a moment where you're like, okay, I have an idea. Like how did the online marketing come about? So I got hit with an ad on Facebook. Um, but more importantly, so our second job, as well as the, the second, uh, miscarriage. So we were actually working within walking distance from each other. Mm-hmm. Like literally it, it like less than, 30 seconds, wow. right? And that was the second time she uh, we found out she was pregnant. But because of that 9 to 5, I couldn't even go, uh, you know, give her some medicine. I couldn't go cater to her, right? So that was, I guess that was, that was the final shot where I was like, you know what, screw this, right? Uh, we didn't come up with a plan. Literally, we packed up... Um, we what? gave a month notice at the apartment complex because mm-hmm. our, our, our lease had our, basically already <coughs> been done, but we were paying on month to month because actually like the landlord was really cool. So I was like, hey, um, I think we're leaving next month. And he was like, you think? I was like, yeah, because we're still kind of figuring things out. And we just like, we sold all the furniture. Like we just, after we came back from here, from visiting this family, it was just like, all right, this is it. Let's just make it happen within this month. Let's penny pinch. Let's save everything we got and let's make it happen. And so we had already, we, ha- we both had our own savings account and stuff um, because after that first time, we kind of learned. And then after the second time, I was at work at the coffee shop and I couldn't even move. Oh, like no. I was in so much pain, I could not move. And I was holding on to a table. And, you know, like my coworkers were like, yo, you need to hand out this, ju- this drink. And I'm like, yo, fuck that drink. I can't move. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I had to go home, but I couldn't go anywhere because we only have one car. And I was like, Michael, can you please help me? And he was just like, I can't get out yet. Like, I can't, I can't do anything. So I literally stood there holding onto the table crying because I knew it was happening because I've already felt it before. Oh, man. And I couldn't even, like, I couldn't go up the stairs because we lived in the third floor. So he had to carry me up there. Mm-hmm. And then he had to, like, leave after he brought me home and go back to work. And so that sucked, too, because I was by myself that second time. And after that, I was like, yo, I, I'm tired of this. I can't do this anymore. Um, let's just let's just go. Like, yeah. you miss your family. Let's just pack up everything. We already have some kind of concept of what we're going to do. 
as far as like we were already teaching ourselves about Facebook ads and everything. And then we were just like, let's just go and we got to risk it. We got to yeah. risk everything we have and make it happen. There's no if, ands, or buts. We're just going to make it happen no matter what. It's almost like being in, in, in a position of helplessness, right? And, and just knowing that feeling. I think there are some folks that know that feeling and anyone who does knows one thing and one thing only. They never want to feel it again. Right. So um, going from there and deciding to make the move, deciding you know, this is it, um, what emotions are going through your 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 heads, your hearts, uh, you're, you're packing those bags and and you're, you're starting to build this thing, this company that will, will end up being your livelihood. What, walk us through that mindset and that journey. Number one, Leaf, um, at the time, like no, like no matter how dark the room is, there's still a, a light at the end of the, uh, end of the tunnel, right? Wow. So there were so many mixed emotions, like we don't know if this is going to work. You know, this this 18-year-old kid, 17 at, at the time, making well over six figures, was saying he did it. So, you know, me, I, I'm a man with high hopes. So if he can do it, he's still a human. He still puts his pants on one leg at a time. All these people are successful. Why can't I do it? So yeah, we, we made the decision, packed up, uh, you know, and then we just ran with it. For me, it was more of like I had to take that month and kind of make the best of it. I had to, you know, say my goodbyes to my family. And at first I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to leave, da-da-da, because like, I've done it before, right? And I've moved to North Carolina. But that time I was by myself and just some of my girls that I came from high school with to college. But it was different because I knew that every summer I'd come back, right? Um, Michael's actually the first partner that I've had that's like, hey, let's build something together, and so, like for me, that was kind of like exciting, but it was also scary because I was like, "Oh wow, okay, I'm gonna build something. I'm gonna build something together with somebody who wants me to be there, right? Who wants me to meet his family." And at the end of the day, like it was kind of like heartbreaking, just because like I think like the hardest person to say bye to was my mom, because like she fell in love with Michael too. Like she'd always call me and be like, "How's my Michael?" Right? <laughs> Instead of like, "How are you, my daughter?" Right? But um. That was, I mean, it was it was exciting. It was a little bit sad for me. But at the same time, I was like, I'm just going to look forward because we've already overcame so much, like, individually and together that I was like, there's nothing that we can't overcome when we come here. Like, we can make it happen no matter what. We're going to hit obstacles, but that's just a part of life, right? Yeah. If, you know, things get rough, there's always, we just got to have that outside perspective. Like, he has his own perspective, I have mine, and then we have that third perspective together. So, I mean, that's kind of how I felt whenever we came here. I mean, you two have been through so much together and, and built so much. So first and, first and foremost, thank you for, for sharing your story and, and seeing how far you've come. I know this is just the beginning for you two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, let's, let's dive in a little bit into the Facebook ads and, and learning the face. Like you, you mentioned you were self-taught, right? Yeah. And so you're self-taught. How do you go about turning the knowledge that you're learning into income and turn that into a business that you can now live off of? Well, so it, it's like, think of a, um, a fitness journey, right? Just starting out, you have an entire world of, of knowledge. So just like everyone else, I think you as well, Google, YouTube University, uh, me personally, I invested 
um, into course, a course or two courses. Um, and then I took that knowledge and ran with it. And I can't tell you how many uh, failures um, that we came across. But like I said, whenever th that room is really dark, there's still that small little light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to trust the process. So anyways, we, we learned. And then after that, um, we, we, we just contacted a lot of local businesses. We cold called a lot. I mean, yeah. and that's kind of where we bounced out a lot or each other out just because he was more of the, like the technical person when it came to actual ads and stuff. And I'm more of the building the relationship kind of person just because at my last job where we met, that's actually what, what I had to do. I was a salesperson um, and I had to build relationships. Like I had people at the gym bring me meals like, like, hey, it's nice to see you. Here's a meal. And I'm like, oh, that's dope, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we kind of balance each other out. I do, um, you know, I taught him what I know when it comes to sales. We did a lot of code calling. And then from there, we went to, uh, we went to like, a, what, our first networking event. Okay. And that was actually, it was nerve-wracking because at the end of the day, we realized that we're both kind of introverted. But, I mean, we're not going to get anywhere being introverted, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you have to push, like, everyone has that introverted side and that extroverted side. So we had to just turn on the extrovert side and be like, hey, you know, I'm Michael and I'm Sydney. Like, nice to meet you. Like, what do uh, you guys do? It's like do? that podcast with uh, Ben Harris. Yeah. You ha in order to get to that next level, you have to seek discomfort, mm -hmm. right? Because everything happens outside that circle of comfort. And that's what, you know, we learned on our journey here. So. Yeah, kind of reaching out. I mean, that's kind of how we met. We were at an event, and Andre walks up, and he's like, hey, meet, meet my boy. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> that's how we met him, too. We actually met him at a networking event. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Yeah, so it was. it's just a lot of opportunities have opened up just because we've, op like, we've opened up the door ourselves to just be out there. All the right? possibilities out there. Yeah. So um, as we start wrapping things up, I there's so much in your story I want to unpack because <laughs> it, it's – it's a great story, I'll tell you that. It, and you guys have been through so much together. And looking ahead, because we talk about no rain, no rainbows, you've certainly been through the storm. And I'd like to think your storms are well behind you. Mm -hmm. But with the bond that you two have, um, I guess talk about the confidence and really the mindset you have in terms of future obstacles, anything that comes your way. What is, what is your attitude towards the next obstacle that dares mm. to cross. I, I introduced you as Michael and Sydney, but I'm going to call you guys a dynamic duo because <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid for, for the next thing that, that comes and tries to test you guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever comes our way, we're going to overcome it no matter what. Like we've been through so much, just like you said earlier, it, it's only the beginning, but we just have this desire, this hunger to, to, to just screw everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I guess for me, it's just like, I know that we're able to do like overcome anything just because, I mean, what we've already overcome are, are things that, you know, anybody else would already go through, but we've been able to kind of like lift each other up when that happens. I know that he's my best friend and I know that I'm his best friend. And sometimes we're kind of hardheaded. Like, I'm not going to lie. We have sure. a hard time, but like, as long as we're there for each other, I'm pretty sure that nothing can really stand in our way. Yeah. Um, Plus, at the end of the day, we just want to provide for ourselves and ultimately give back um, either to our family, to our friends, our community, whatever we can. So what's the ultimate rainbow that, that you two are chasing? Any specific dream that's that's in the crosshairs? No, honestly, if well, actually, if it's okay with you. So 
we made this Facebook group where we want to help people like us come from a background like us, right? Who, you know, if you're looking for accountability, guidance, a friend to talk to, or if you want to learn how to build businesses, whatever it may be, um, you know, that that's uh, a place to go. Um, and then we'll go, we'll, we'll share the, the, the link with you. Yeah. But pretty much our goal is to help as many people. And I, I know that's very vague, but help as many people as we possibly can through our experience. Yeah. Right. Cause we went through the, the storm, the rain. Um, and, uh, we're pretty confident that we can help make some type of impact in someone's life. Yeah. Not only that, I mean, at the end of the day, when we were going through it, we didn't really have a lot of guidance. All we had was each other. And even that in its own was a blessing because if it was us individually, I don't know how we'd end up, if we'd even end up here. Mm -hmm. Right. But we want to obviously give back to people who like, for example, where I'm from, you know, a lot of people are kind of in that mindset where I was born poor. I'm going to live poor. I'm just going to always be poor and die poor. Right. And that's, that's just a really sad mindset to kind of have because it's the one that everyone in your society and your neighborhood kind of puts on you. And I want to be able to shed some light on those people just because, I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm not filthy rich right now or anything like that. But I'm not, you know, I just want to give back to those, to people that I know. Like, for example, if I could help someone who went to the same high school as I did to do something better with their life or get out of a, a situation that they wish they had someone to guide them through, like, I'm okay with that. And that's yeah. more than enough for me. I love that mission. And I love how you said right now, because you're well on your way. I know yeah. this is just the building blocks, which I mean, it leads perfectly into my next question is, is where can folks find you guys and where can they find the Facebook group? What's the link to that? And I'll also put it in the show notes so mm-hmm. uh, our listeners can can contact you guys. So the Facebook group is facebook.com uh, forward slash freedom hustlers double S. Um, we just started it. And then I spent a lot of time on Instagram. So uh, I'll uh, put that in the uh, show notes as well, but it's pretty much my first name and my last name. All right. Um, and then uh, same thing for me. I mean, I've been on uh, Instagram as well. We're doing this 30-day challenge for personal growth. Um, nice. So putting ourselves out there a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, mine's at patient underscore darling. Um, that was something that I, it kind of resonates with me a lot. I like it. But yeah, um, yeah that's pretty much it. Yeah. Michael, Sydney, thank you so much. I'll definitely have the links and the, uh, and the, and the screen names in the show notes. If you guys made it to the end, go ahead and hit rewind, play it again, because this, there's a lot of value in this. And the main thing that resonates is, is the fact that you guys had each other through the dark days and that you can look at each other and know that you're going to capture your sunshine together. Thank you for your story. I'd love to be a part of the rest of it because I think you guys are well on your way to some, to some sunshine. I'd like to get some of that heat. <laughs> thank you for having so, us. Yeah, yeah my you. pleasure. Uh, guys, thank you so much. And as I always say at the end of the show, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't have the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. 